0: Little Dragon is a Swedish quartet tantalising a vast audience with down-tempo electronic pop. Helming the vocals, Yukimi Nogano captivates with smooth and sensual melodies over music adopted from disco, new wave and vocal jazz. You're tuned into Roots to Grooves.
1: Welcome, welcome everybody. We're excited to be here. We're based in Seattle, Washington. I am Jesse Quigley. Sitting across from me as always is Jay Purcell and that makes this Roots 2 Grooves. What's up Jay? Good afternoon, good evening, good day. It's a very good day. To everybody. It's yeah. summertime in Seattle, 2022. We're talking about Little Dragon. Yeah. You know, Little Dragon just played Mary Moore Park a few no. days ago. I think Little
2: Dragon played across the street from the studio. Way back in the day, upstream music festival used to happen around this neighborhood. And there was a KEXP, they uh, they took over the empty restaurant that's down on the corner. It wasn't empty back then, it was called the London Plane or something like that. Okay. Um, and I think there's a KEXP video of Little Dragon playing live across the street. Like literally, if you're in the studio, you can look out the window and see where they played. But there you go. We missed it. We missed it. That was years ago, though. That was like four years ago.
1: That was pre-COVID, BC. Goodness gracious. I'm, yeah. I'm bummed, though. Um, yeah. Just a few days ago, they they played Marymore Park o- opening up for London Bridges. or Bridges. Oh, London. Okay. Not London. No. Leon Bridges. Leon Bridges. Okay. Something like that. He I was that. thinking of the, the nursery rhyme, London Bridges Fall Down. Does he have that song, A <clears throat> Dollar? A dollar is all I need, or is that someone else? I don't know, Jay. Okay. Right. I, I don't know, know that. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just know they opened up because I heard from word of mouth, and then oh, okay, yeah. I heard I, they didn't say who was opening. I right. had no idea it was Little Dragons, and that was right. before you sent Little Dragons as the as what we were going to talk about this week. Oh well, wow. so serendipity, you guys, and complete random on my part as well, because I was just
2: like, you know, who who are we going to talk about this week? And look through my Spotify things, and I was like, oh yeah, Little Dragon. I can't remember what they sound like, but. I know they're good and we should probably talk about them. And it was an opportunity to make me re-listen to their music again, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, it was a great choice. Rediscover how great they are. Yeah. So it's like a four piece, right? Swedish quartet. Swedish quartet. Um, they've been around since th- what the like, uh, late, what, 2010s. I think as early 2005, 2006. 2006. Okay. Yeah. And um, we'll talk about the early years earlier, but, Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, four pieces So we have on vocals, um, Yukimi Nagano. She goes by Yuki, I think. Um, Cool. Vocals, keyboards, percussion sometimes. Yeah. Frederick Wallen, keyboard, synth, bass, guitar. Yeah. I'm going to do the second easiest name to say first. Eric Bowden
1: on drums. Took the easy way.
2: And then uh, Jesse can say the the, the name of the other. Come
1: on. (laughs) Let me practice in my head. Hakan Weirenstrand? something like that. Sorry, sorry, I man. don't know. If I'm, it's because it has an accent on the a. Hakan. And I have no idea what that means. strand. Is it Hakan? Hakan could be the, yeah. the first a has to sound different than the second a. I'm guessing. Yeah. So it's Hake. He, Hakan, or Hakan. Help us out, guys. Really Help edit us
2: edit out. out. I feel like we're being disrespectful. to and okay. Wirnstrand. We'll just call him Wirnstrand. H W. We, we just call him
1: H W. <laughs> <laughs> Keyboards and drums. We really don't mean any disrespect. No, no. no. I, I no, just no. don't know anything about how to pronounce words from different. I countries think it's because we hadn't
2: like actually practiced it before recording, and it was like, oh, we're here now. We have to say this name in front of us. The, it, no, sh- we should
1: add it to our, um, you know, research, like pronunciation. Like, yeah, look yeah. it up. I think we should maybe yeah, add that. We should definitely do that yeah. um, to show respect for
2: yeah, to show respect. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so it's, you know, their music, I don't know, it's crazy. To me, it's, uh, oh,
1: do you want to say something? I, I just got, I'm ready to fire. Okay, go. Synth pop. Okay. Alternative dance. Yeah. Indie electronic. Yeah. Alternative indie rock. R&B, Neo Soul. Yeah. A little bit of, um,
2: damn it, I had the name of this band on the tip of my tongue from Melbourne, Australia, that we did a show about. Height as Coyote. There you, go. you got it. Nice. They remind me of Hiatus Kota a lot. Sure, yeah, yeah. female singer, R and B vibe yeah, music. Because yeah. to me, a lot of their stuff sounds like R and B. Uh, but but I think the cool thing about this group, Little Dragon, is that they're pulling all these different inspirations. You know, from like I think I saw one woman interview them saying so like you got like the seventies vibe, but then you have like the dark the electronic vibe from the early 2000s and then you got the r&b but for anyone that likes like someone like myself that is really into those separate genres it's kind of like a celebration of uh those different genres in this band like mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. got their kind of clubby dancey sound but they've got their r&b things you know it's it's kind of all in there it's like really for a big music head of you know that's into all these different vibes i think it's a great band it's like 100 yeah little dragon
1: yeah and and just to give a little bit of context um we know we've talked about gorillas yeah for me this was really like an intense observation during research that they were on the plastic beach record little dragon appeared as a feature on, on one of the tracks on that record yeah and i mean that's a great track off a great record yeah and i just couldn't believe that i've Heard this band years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Year like ten years ago, right? Longer than that, um, and I just had no idea who Little Dragon was. Never looked into him. yeah. And here we are today, full circle, getting to learn about him. So, yeah, that was kind of my first thing when I was researching this band. I didn't know who it was. Jay's pick mm. this week, and I was just very blown away. So a- very cool. And apparently, yeah, Damon
2: Albarn behind Gorillaz. It was Damon Albarn's wife that suggested Little Dragon as a really? as a collab. Wow. So she'd already heard their stuff
1: and it was like, maybe, maybe you should like get them on and yeah. Amazing. Plastic Beach, there you go. So, I mean, so yeah. anyway, I'm just hyped on this stuff because it's very good music.
2: Yeah, and I think if people haven't heard the Gorillaz thing, they've done lots of other collabs throughout the years. Some of them I forgot about until I just literally, before we went on air, <laughs> looked this up. DJ Shadow. Hmm. Talked, did an episode on him uh, there's a track called scale it back there's even a music video neither dj shadow or little dragon are in the music video but it's a very funny good music video and a great track but um flying lotus flying lotus flume odessa k Trinada, mac miller and future are all other artists the little dragon have collaborated and with
1: those are all very players. contemporary yeah like big, big artists yeah yeah like really happening yeah like really respected in the industry artists yeah so that's, that says a lot that's an, high praise
2: and another one that snuck up on me that people don't maybe know Subtract but we I seem to be just talking about Subtract all the time <laughs> on these things because Subtract uh <laughs> big feature with Sampha we did an episode on Sampha <laughs> uh and uh and uh Joe what's her name Rogan Joe Rogan. Oh. <laughs> Joe. Joe. Oh, my Jesus Christ. I'm not sure the context we're talking about. Joe. You know, the failed. Yeah, maybe it's not Joe. The failed um, show that we did a few times. Joe. forget Joe out of your head. It was oh. a different, maybe a different name. Oh, Jesse Ware? Jesse Ware. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> your name's Jesse. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> um Jesse Ware episode as well. We talked about Subtract. He comes up a lot. I haven't heard about him for a while. He hasn't released anything for a while. But but he's they, in but, a lot. Of- but Little Dragon, yeah, on the first Subtract album, killer track um that they did together as well. So yeah. So I mean, but the, I think one thing I've heard about Little Dragon say is they haven't actually invited any collaborators onto their own albums. They have like six albums out, but they don't really have anyone featured on them. But on the flip side, they've gone out and done a lot of stuff mm-hmm. with other people, kind of thing. So yeah, I think that's
1: cool. Yeah, like keeping it in house. Yeah, yeah, like this is our band, and everything that we put out yeah. is us, and you know, it's all us. Yeah, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, no rhyme or reason. Yeah, um, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm saying do whatever you want. Yeah, feature sample, it's all good. Right. Um, but I do also respect when they're like, "Nah, this is our project, and we're gonna release what we release together." Yeah. Um, the one thing I want to say is that it's a—they're four strong, like-minded and willed people. Mm-hmm. They all have—they love music. Mm-hmm. They all seem really cool, down to earth, mm-hmm. and they're all like—they have conviction over what they want to create. And so, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit as we go. But they—they've had arguments, yeah. and they get into it, and they get a little bit heated. Um, and even that we can talk about the band name because I think one of them got a little bit heated. Right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you want to tell that story a little bit, I mean, it's a short story.
2: Well, I guess the, the urban legend or maybe not so urban legend, cause I think they talked about it. The name little dragon comes from the fact that Yuki used to be, um, get a little bit heated in the studio. Um, arguments arose, creative arguments, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she got the nickname little dragon. Um, but I think it was just like, as we'll talk about it, they started out pretty young. So, sure. um, you know, I, I don't think it was anything big. Obviously they've they've been around now 25 years actually. Mm-hmm. So even though they're relatively new to us listeners and people are still getting know, knowing of them, mm-hmm. they actually have known each other for like 25 years and they've been a band together making music. So, you know. You can just imagine any band, any member being around anyone for that amount of time. There's ups and downs and stuff like 100%.
1: that. 100%. So, spending that much time around anybody, you know, you kind of become family. Yeah. It's certainly a relationship in a band. But they must have
2: some kind of sense of humor about them if they called a little dragon because of being feisty in the studio and it's still their band name now. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, bet,
1: it, I bet it's a hilarious story for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like a tension breaker like, oh, look at that little dragon's back maybe it's just another
2: another thing of like uh band names around here uh, that are just it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. like you know don't exactly. i guess the thing don't get in your head too much about what the band's called or the project's called as well mm-hmm. like because that's something we struggle all struggle with quite a bit and it maybe should just be not something it should like the music it should come from somewhere else not from your head not from right. thinking about it
1: like and it seems like that happened for
2: little dragon maybe. yeah
1: but, yeah, very yeah. high quality music, high quality discography all the way through from what yeah. I've heard. And I listen to it as much as possible, but just every track is, is, is good. Yeah. So let's play this track Constant Surprises off
2: of, um, I believe, their very first album, 2007, self titled Little Dragon. and surprises by little dragon off of their self-titled debut album came out in 2007 and this is to grooves me jay jesse quigley over here holla at your boy and uh yeah i mean that's a sweet
1: track i like the lyrics in that Yeah, I mean, it just takes you away, like totally vibe, I I forgot we were on a podcast. I know, yeah, I
2: was just like tripping out, I was just like imagining walking down with like trees, Mm -hmm. blowing around, a little bit psychedelic, like something like that. They got those synths going and stuff, it's it's very good. Off-kilter as well, it's funny, it sounds like the bass is doing something completely different than what the drums are doing. Yeah, really syncopated. But but they go together really well, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's really spaced out. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Little Dragon. Let's dive on in. Yeah. Where are these guys from? We said they were Swedish.
2: Right. They're from uh, Gothenburg, Gothenburg Gothen. um, which is the second largest city in Sweden, apparently, home of Volvo, the car. Oh, really? Apparently, yeah. Um,
1: various universities there. Um, I know it was founded in, uh, as a heavily fortified, primarily Dutch, trading colony by Royal Charter in 1621 by King... Gustavus Adolphus. There we go. So yeah, a history lesson for us all. Here's a photo of King Gustavus. There he is. <laughs> Look at him. What a guy! I'm sure we
2: can find. See if I can find a Don't say it and don't put
1: the, the photos
2: up. Old rendition. There he is. There some, he is. some painting or something. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of the members of the band still live there. So very cool. You know, um, I don't know who, but they. Yeah, they're just like very sort of
1: down to earth group. They all met in high school, um, I but think. Yeah, did they know each other before then? They knew each other for quite a long time, as far as I knew. I, I heard, f- I saw the word childhood. I think the some g- of the
2: guys did, but Yuki didn't um, know the rest of them until she she just started high school, and then, okay. she, and then she met them. The other guys, they might have known each other beforehand. Okay,
1: either way, they they've yeah. known each other since you know adolescence. Yeah, like.
2: I think they said
1: mid-90s, uh, mid, uh, mid 90s, late 90s, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so they were friends in the mid-90s, didn't start their band actually making music until like 2005 or so.
2: Yeah, so I think like originally they just they just um, got together and hung out as friends and bonded around music. Mm-hmm. Um, a shared love of like similar artists and stuff like that. Um, uh, like Della Soul, A Tribe Called Quest, Alice Coltrane, like these types of artists. Um, and through that, I think they started to sort of jam together. I used to get together and jam, and, uh, and it was it just sounded like a hangout thing and doing covers of these songs and listening to these songs. Um, it said it didn't occur to them to record, and I think like for a while because you know this is uh, you know we've talked a lot about a lot of different artists in this time period. I, I remember growing up in this time period as well, late '90s, where computer music was a new thing for. Four-track club, you know, that's what yeah. all, we all did back then, as bands and all that. It, it, four it's tracks. the only way. It's the only way to record, <laughs> it, I think, yeah. Um, but I think we've also mentioned it on other, like, podcasts where, like, a lot of... If you think about it, a lot of bands back in the day, like, maybe, like, Rolling Stones and Beatles and all that, like, they were just getting together and playing live and then doing shows. Mm-hmm. Like, the opportunity to record didn't,
1: like... I, I can't even imagine.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... Like, obviously, we're in a different time period when Little Dragon got together. They did have the ability to record. But I guess as teenagers, they were, you know, they were just more about just getting together and jamming. No one really had the equipment to record, like, what they were doing. Because even back then, 4Tracks were, like, the price of a laptop now or something like that, you know. So right. it wasn't, like, a completely accessible. Right. But, um, totally. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of, like, where it grew up from. I don't really know too much else about... Their formative years. I do. I did read something about um, Eric Bowden, the drummer. Uh, he said he had like professional musicians in his family. Okay. Um, and so, within his family, it was kind of normalized. Or at least to him, achievable to make music out of money out of a living out of music because mm-hmm. he had family members that were doing it, like other dramas and stuff like that. that right. Professional musicians. So
1: I did see one, I think yeah. it's the same guy. Yeah. Um, Eric. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he was in a choir. Okay. In yeah. school yeah, yeah, yeah. in the early days, like yeah. junior, higher, high school, okay. whatever you call it. Yeah. Uh, just that's all I got. Yeah. Well, there you go. A little tidbit, a little tidbit. So they're young. There's some cool kids in Sweden start making some music and they release their self-titled album. Uh, Do we have any info on how they came about creating that? Um, It came out in 2007. What's the lead up to that? So
2: like I think, you know, it it evolved from them being in high school, listening to music, to jamming, to like some of the guys assembling gear and Mm -hmm. like um, starting to produce music. Um, And I think they had other friends that were like making music that started releasing stuff before them because uh yuki said for the longest time they just spent a lot of time just in the studio Mm -hmm. writing and recording and not even really thinking about how it could be released or when it could be released and they saw some friends release stuff and it started to get their brains thinking about oh okay well that's cool my friends are doing it like you know also at the same time myspace was a, a big thing myspace music and they were Little Dragon were uploading a lot of their material to MySpace Music. And uh, and they were like sort of getting listeners from all around the world, you know, mm-hmm. just through that. Um, I remember those days as well. I found some so much good music at that time. Just like bands that no one else knows of that weren't really like released, they were indie bands. I found some cool people in San Francisco that were doing I liked some of these artists so much, I would go back to their MySpace page and, and like play the songs that they had available yeah, there. Like, that's that says a
1: lot. That's high praise,
2: because <laughs> there was no other way to listen to their stuff. That, back that's then. that's where yeah. it was. That's where it was. Yeah. Um, and and so Little Dragon had that experience as well. I think Yuki even said, "Oh, you know, well, there's people from Los Angeles like listening to us." Oh, there's another person. You know, mm-hmm. it was a big deal back then. infancy of the internet and it's kind of the only place to put your music out online that that meant people would come across it. It yeah. was a cool spot yeah. to hang out online. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so. I wasn't allowed to have a MySpace, so I never had one. Ah, damn. Yeah, so you never, you didn't experience the exploring music
1: on MySpace? No, I just, I right. never, okay. yeah. I've barely even seen what it looks like, I just, yeah. you know, I've looked it up from time to time or whatever, yeah. but yeah, yeah no, no experience there. I think my MySpace page is still up, actually. Let me just look, look this up. You better pull it up on the screen for everybody to see
2: if you do. Uh, there it is. There, There is myspace.com slash Uh It's so old that the images don't load anymore. Do you have any music and on there? I have five tracks on there, but if you try to play them, none of them will work. This is how old this web, but for some reason they kept my page up there. It's all broken down. <laughs> it's all, but it's all broken. Um, let's see if Little Dragons is there. I just, I'm curious now. On the fly research? Yeah. We got? same thing I don't know if it's Even- the same it is them yeah if you go to myspace slash little dragon they also have a broken Myspace page with five songs as well that you can't play so okay so it's not it's just Jay. it's not
1: just me yeah it's big bands <laughs> like uh, little dragon too
2: oh and look at this they call themselves dreamy rhythmical shifting moody rainbow sounds sounds very myspacey
1: yeah um oh wow I'm oh, good okay okay well anyway let's do our podcast and then we can look at the internet yeah out. sorry I know there's like a whole they, <laughs> early bio is, is, that they to read it? And stuff like that um early little dragons bio from their original myspace um, no I th- actually I th- it looks like this is this was
2: updated um but they does say formed in gothenburg sweden in 1996 um yeah then it does talk about gorillas and subtract and stuff
1: so someone at somebody, some point in time. That, that's not appeared. right, though, because I saw in an interview and somebody, I, uh, the interviewer said, mm-hmm. so you guys started in 2006, or I mean 1996. Yeah. And, and, and they said no. And like Yuki was like, no. Mm-hmm. Like we started the band in 2000, 2005. Okay. Yeah. Um, so something yeah. was mixed up there. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what's going on. Interesting. But Yuki said 2005, I'm going
2: to trust her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It came straight out of her mouth. Yeah. So that's the truth
1: right there um one way or another yeah. let's let's talk little dragon uh, as in the album 2007 yeah um it's a fusion of left field jazz r&b and hip-hop flavorings and it found like a cult audience i guess uh, yeah. i don't know if this was ever put up on myspace that might have been passed no month. well it was, i guess it was around the time where myspace was still out yeah. but
2: it would have been a proper album so it. Back then, still, you could actually probably release an album and make money from it in 2007 because, mm-hmm. I mean, Napster had died. There was still some file-sharing services. There was no, there was no like, music streaming platforms like Spotify. Right. There was iTunes, though. That was just coming up. I think probably, like, iTunes was the only place to buy digital music. I don't know if there was somewhere else like Rhapsody or something. Like no. That. Oh, there was LimeWire where you could steal free music or whatever. Yeah, that was the the file sharing thing. Yeah. Yeah. But to buy digital music, I feel
1: like Apple will probably like, they pioneered that. Yeah. Yeah. They penetrated that market. Yeah. People wanted, yeah. People wanted the music. Uh, The only, I mean, I mean, it's just a great album. I don't, we've already described their sound and this was their sound. They came out pretty strong and pretty good. Yeah. And it was, it was a full length, great album, basically Yeah. a great debut. Um, One of the important things was they they did get a pretty big boost because one of their songs was featured on Grey's Anatomy Mm. in 2007, 2009. Right. Somewhere in there. The 2008, 2009 season. Right. Um, And it was a hushed piano ballad called Twice Mm. um, off that first album. Which actually, I think, appeared on their
2: very, very very first official release was a vinyl, double-sided vinyl. Mm. So A-side, B-side. And Twice was on... uh, one side and I think they had another track called test. I think both of these tracks ended up being on the little dragon album, um, as well, but just wanted to throw that out there. No,
1: nice. The first release vinyl.
2: Yeah. So,
1: I mean, so they did a big, did, were they signed yeah. to any label or were they independent? Uh, yeah, they were
2: signed to peace frog records, um, which is a UK record label founded in 1991. Um, I, I, they put, I guess they put out other things like DJ Shadow stuff. And I didn't. I'm just looking okay. this up right now. So they're in the scene, though. They've done a bunch of things. Eminem, they've put out like not obviously Eminem wasn't signed to them, but I guess like as a as sort of like a distributor, sort of indie label in the UK, putting out a lot of things. Um, but yeah, um, well, but they did produce this album by themselves before they had any management or a record label. They said. Um, So as far as production goes, it was DIY. It was all DIY, yeah. Impressive. Yeah, And so I think they somehow got the deal. I don't know the details of how they got that deal for the first album, Mm -hmm. but but initially writing, recording the whole process completely DIY.
1: Nice. Yeah. So um, I guess, I mean, let's just move along. Not long after that is when like Gorillaz was making their big come up basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And Plastic Beach was released around 2009, 2010 ish uh maybe 2008 2010 2010 yeah so there was yeah. plenty of time yeah and i don't know you kind of told the story at the beginning yeah um i don't know what i don't want to re- rehash it but we're talking about plastic beach and yeah. uh little dragon was a, featured on a song called empire ants right and i guess they were on another song called to binge okay on the same album i think i don't know if it was so. a b-side or a different it was not on the album but it was a b-side release or something Right. I just saw that note, so I wrote it down. It's on the album as well. Yeah. Okay. So yep. cool. So two tracks. Yeah. Um, Empire Ants, especially a great track. Hmm. So they release an album and then Damon Albarn's girlfriend is like, You guys should do a a, do a collab, collab with, with Little them. Dragons. They yeah, yeah. I'm just like yeah. speculating. Yeah. She's like they have one album out and she's like, This band's good, you should collab with them. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And so Damon Albarn did yeah i think so and they hooked it up and they did it okay that's just amazing from what i hear from
2: uh damon album he's very um what i've seen clips of him being an arsehole in the studio but kind of a creative arsehole where he's sort Mm -hmm. of like not happy with how things are sounding and he's Mm -hmm. like no we have to work harder and all this sort of stuff you know i think there's like a gorillas behind the scenes documentary that came out years ago i need to see that you can maybe find clips of it on youtube i definitely saw parts of it like it's really interesting i've, I've mostly yeah. only seen yeah.
1: damon being like super chill in an interview and he's, yeah he's just like chill guy no exactly yeah uh there's i don't know there's i think there's a blur
2: documentary as well that shows some behind, early behind the scenes clips of nice you know and he's just like that i think i can't remember whether it was blur or gorillas they were recording an orchestra and it just wasn't sounding right like a small orchestra not a massive but a small still string people mm-hmm. and, and he was in the control room and he was just like if you can't do this right we shouldn't even like bother like (laughs) it was like that whole thing (laughs) but he's got high standards but from what else i've heard i mean we did an episode on little sims and uh she collaborated on a gorilla's track and she said that he was very much um uh you know it's like don't think about this as a gorillas thing just think about what you would do you know this is just like your session now like do whatever you want to do kind of thing right because that's the interesting thing if you think about um gorillas like it has all the image and it has all the marketing but at the end of the day it's just music right you know if you take if you forget about the visuals and and the how it's represented it's just music
1: like, it's just Vibrating particles in the air hitting your eardrums, and it's interesting
2: actually. Like Yuki from uh, Little Dragon said, and I hope it's okay. I'm calling her Yuki because I heard other band members say call her by that short, the shorter version of the name. But um, she said uh, about finding artwork that Little Dragon does. Um, Back in the day, they used to like try and find other artists that were doing really cool stuff, Mm -hmm. like visuals, like both graphic design and like video visuals. And instead of creating their own from scratch, they would like team up with these people that were already doing cool stuff. Cause she said it like also enhances the sound of like the music, you know, once you like pair the those cool visuals that other people are producing with the music that you've created, mm-hmm. it like creates this new like world and experience sure, yeah. for the fans. And I mean, that, that's definitely something gorillas do. And you know, and when I heard Yuki in my research say about that, that really sort of started to like trigger off some ideas in my head as well. It's like how you can like change the perception maybe of mm-hmm. the music by how it's presented visually. Like yeah. That could be video very... Video and all that. Like, yeah. but that's yeah. a
1: whole... Yeah. I mean, yeah, everyone's experiencing that. The yeah. Video is becoming more prominent in our society in general. Yeah. In advertising and in everything. Well, yeah. even back in the day, like I associate some big tracks with
2: seeing their music videos first. Like mm-hmm. a lot of like, maybe like Radiohead and
1: uh, you, you, you see it presented stuff. for the first time yeah. as the music video and yeah, it's yeah. a visual audio yeah, thing. And now altogether. you have that image in your head when you think about
2: like, cause they, they create this visual world and mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's, if they've done it right, they've like they've kind of like replicated what the atmosphere of the music or the album was as well. Yeah, like, you know,
1: just I mean, to engage with the listener even yeah. that much more. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it's just like actually now now we're talking about now i was thinking about it, it's like that's actually a really important thing, and uh, especially now with social media where we where it's all visual. Like the mm-hmm. top two social media platforms that any artist uses, Instagram and TikTok, mm-hmm. or YouTube as well, all visual. Like yeah if you can as an artist you know if you can utilize communicate it. some really bold visuals. I don't see many artists doing good bold inspiring visuals yeah like, through these platforms anyway sorry no hundred percent off- no it's, <laughs> it's a great thing for artists yeah. to know i yeah. mean
1: do video stuff it's very valuable yeah once you have a a really good video presenting your art, whether it's painting or drawing or music yeah. and you're performing it. And it's on YouTube forever. Yeah, incredibly valuable. Yeah, yeah, it's unlimited. So I mean, do video. Yeah. Um. So just in this time period from 2007 to 2010, they were on Plastic Beach. A little dragon was on Plastic Beach with gorillas. Yeah. They did additional studio collaboration with David Satek Sateiks. Satek. Satek is that it? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. You've heard you the name before. Okay. But I'm not sure. Thank goodness you did, because I was getting <laughs> it wrong. <laughs> Um, and he had a project called Maximum Balloon. Hmm. Um, okay. I think a track called If You Return. Okay. They were on a track with Raphael Sadiq, oh. who we did an episode on, I believe, called yeah. Just Don't. Okay. And then, like you said, Subtract a yeah. track called Wildfire. Yeah, a good great track, track you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this was just increasing their in, their visibility.
2: Yeah, they, you know. I mean, they also went on tour with Gorillaz, opened up. Oh, you read right. the Plastic Beach tour as well? Which, oh, like all ov- obviously exposed them to even more um, people, you know, because those are some big tours. The the Gorillas, you know, audience. At this these days, I don't know. Plastic
1: Beach was that? As, were they as big back then? I don't know. But, gorillas, yeah. I mean, Stadium like like I said, was. I think they're on their they were on their come up. Like that's one you know, of the uh, albums that was like, it's like the oh, these guys album. are legit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. And the third album came out like 2010 that w- right. or 11, somewhere in there. I don't know. Yeah. But we're not talking about Gorillaz today, <laughs> so I'm doing my research. Um, but yeah, so they're coming right out of the gate. Great yeah. album, DIY, yeah. put it out, and they're with Gorillaz, Rafael Sadiq, yeah. David Cytek, yeah. doing big things yeah. like right out the gate. It's really impressive. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. They just keep doing their thing. They're on tour. Yeah, they're they're hooking up with people like I think they have management at this time and they're signed to a label. Yeah, Peace Frog Records. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. Machine Dreams is their next, their follow up. Yeah, and that comes out in two thousand nine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we opened up with a track from that
2: uh, Feather, which I thought was really catchy and really uh, memorable type of tune. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know because of the synths in it or something like that. It's got, it it builds yeah. up. It's a lot of energy yeah. in there. Yeah, I yeah. like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really have much more. It's just more good stuff. They just created more. I just, I'm speculating. They got, they're trying to figure out their own vibe. Right. You know, seeing how they work with each other and what they can create using all of their, like I said before, they all have really like strong conviction over what they want to create and how much energy they want to put into the tracks and stuff. Yeah. Um, And I guess, let me just touch on this real quick, because it's kind of the creative mindset portion of what we like to talk about. They, they all make beats. And so they all had a studio set up yeah like they or they had a studio set up but they each had different rooms where they could create right yeah yeah. as far as i understand and so yuki is the singer in the band and she would work with each individual member in the different rooms Mm -hmm. producing different tracks yeah and just like help them along and and you know communicate and talk like we should go this way we should do this that with each of the individuals and then they would come together and, you know, round everything out and put each other's parts on other people's projects. Yeah. And that's how the music is created. Yeah. And it seems like a very cool setup. Yeah. I mean, I think I heard one of the band members say it's kind of like having
2: three duos in the same yeah. band because like they'll, yeah, they'll each work on separate ideas. Then they'll each just by themselves get together with Yuki to do the, the vocals. and And then... They're all they'll all come together to like finish off the track, kind of yeah, thing. and um, make it a, a true Little Dragons yeah, yeah, you know material. I mean, yeah, and we'll, let's get more into that stuff because it's really interesting. But mm-hmm. let's play this track that you picked out. Um, it looks like this is a single. I'm not sure what album's off. Best Friends. Do you know what album? I was? don't
1: either. I just knew it was a good track, so uh, I liked it. We'll look it out. All right, look it up.
2: Friends by a Little Dragon uh, that I looked it up that it had come out just as a B-side I think to a single called Sway Daisy. Okay. And it was released like um, between their last two albums um, just as a 12-inch.
1: Nice. Yeah. But I, I just yeah. came across that I thought it was a dope track. That nice, we should really feature. It's very uh, It's kind of like
2: well this <laughs> I mean the title of it leads me into talking also all about them as a group best friends
1: well that's what i was thinking i was planning ahead i'm just kidding kidding.
2: also musically um reminds me of something that they were saying about how sometimes they have a lot of respect for like um traditional song structure and pop songs Mm -hmm. um and they're kind of inspired by that but Mm -hmm. they say what they kind of do is they kind of twist that all up though in their own way sort of thing right and you can kind of feel it in that song like to me it's poppy but it's like not it's not uh Ariana Grande or whatever. It's not bubblegum. Right. It's
1: not bubblegum pop. But it's poppy. And that that's, that's soulful. The pop. crux of what I love about this band. Yeah. Is yeah. It's very it's structured and poppy. Yeah. Like in the feel, but it's not. Yeah. It's it's more R and B, indie. Yeah. You know, even synth synthy pop. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's it I mean, yeah, they they're influenced by pop in classic songwriting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then they yeah. just do whatever they want within those little bounds. Yeah. So, because I think
2: you could play that last track maybe alongside Weekend. But mm-hmm. but in comparison, I feel like Weekend is like way more hooky and poppy and repetitive. Yeah. yeah. Versus Little Dragon. I guess that's the difference between a lot of like the, what we call the bubblegum pop is, is they, they like repeat like the hook so much that it's repetitive in the song kind of thing like forces you to get into it. Yeah. They sort of pare down the lyrics, whereas little dragon, they have more lyrics, you know, mm-hmm. they have more, they're not just like repeating the same two line phrase or whatever. Like, you know, right. what no. it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think that's very
1: cool. I like yeah. their, their style.
2: Yeah. And, um, yeah. Best friends. I mean, it's a challenge, right. To be in any band for any length of time. Um, do they consider themso- themselves best friends? I think they do. Yeah, I mean, or, I it mean, seems like probably it. family more than friends. Well, it's like family yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. You're probably right. Uh, <laughs> although I did say, see, I think one of them mentioned in an interview that like it's more like an intense
1: love relationship. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So like you know, yeah. Uh, Making music with other people is a very intimate experience. It is, yeah.
2: Actually, if ne- if no one's ever done this, I'm sure we have some musicians out there, but like it's a form of communication and mm-hmm. yeah, I think we've probably talked about this on many episodes beforehand, but like, uh, like, yeah, you can say very few words to the people in the room, but if you're playing music and it all comes together really well, like it vibes really well, it's kind of like you already know each other already. Like, yeah. Cause then it's like, oh, you know, you're into the same shit I'm into. Yeah. Or like, or, or like I knew like you, I was like gonna anticipate what you were gonna
1: do then, and uh, and it happened. That's like it's so weird. Like yeah, <laughs> like we went to the same chord at the same time. <laughs> exactly, like we yeah. wanted to go here, and we felt that. Yeah, yeah. And it is
2: uh and that's a lot of um, what Little Dragons say about is like when they're writing music is like they're trying to get out of their head, and they're trying to bring it from the gut, and they're trying to have fun. And there was one I can't remember which member of the band said this, but. It was really interesting. It was basically like he said something along the lines of like, when you first get into music, you know, it's probably when you're at a young age, right? And there's something about it that like draws you to it. Like, you know, whenever, what age you were at or I was at when when we were like first like, oh, I want to play music. I want to do that kind of thing. Um, And he said it as like, now he's like, uh, uh, every time he progresses in making music, he's trying to find that magic, that same like magical moment. Of, right. Like that feeling of when he first heard something that inspired him to want to create music or, um, you know, so it was very sort of like,
1: yeah, it's like really nice fun, and,
2: yeah, but I just have, and having fun, the sense of child, childness play, you know.
1: Right. Like creativity. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah. Like getting in touch with your inner child. Right, Like even people like spiritual, you know, guru type people like say, yeah. and, and whatever doctors, just people, yeah. they say like, get in touch with your inner child. Right. Cause that's, that's, that's you. Yeah. Not like yeah. I have to do my taxes. I got to go to work. <laughs> like that's, that's just like distractions yeah. from our messed up society. Right. But we should try to be that inner child inside of us that just wants to have fun. Yeah. You want to reconnect with that sense of
2: play and yeah, curiosity. exactly. Um, yes. And also, like, I feel like as children, you know, we don't we have so much of our conscious brain on us. Everything we do as children is very subconscious, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, uh, just like
1: right off the cuff. Like, yeah. I want this now. Let's do it now. <laughs> yeah, Not thinking about consequences at every decision right. that you make. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, that's
2: a very interesting thing. Because, like, as we grow as humans, like, we come f- from this sort of innocent child age where we're not thinking consciously mm-hmm. about these things the older we get the more we question ourselves the more we get in our heads and stuff like that but in order to really create art and this is what like little dragon was saying they have to like get away from that uh, conscious sort of adult way of thinking about things and really come out of that and go into the play the childhood sense of wonder and and not be thinking about what they're making instead of just trying to tune into like the, you know, the gut kind of, mm-hmm. you know, intuition or whatever. It's very like esoteric and hard to
1: explain, I think. But sure. I think people get it.
2: Like maybe, like, no, hopefully. I think, <laughs> no, I think you're explaining it yeah. very
1: well. Yeah. You know, not just having fun, not thinking yeah. about goals. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, we have to play Madison Square Garden next year. Yeah, exactly. That's our yeah. goal. So we have to make a really good track right now. Yeah, yeah.
2: Cause that's not what people are interested into that are
1: listening to music, you know? Yeah. Um, that's not why. Yeah. Nobody cares about your goals no. when they're listening to your track. Yeah. I mean, there's really? different, I mean, a little bit different
2: kind of responses to music, but, right. e- but even at the pop level, like the mainstream thing, you know, there are a lot of people that like those tracks because of like the simple lyrics, like I don't care or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just kind of like energy. This is how I'm feeling.
1: Bah. In like, the moment, you know, yeah, being yeah, yeah. in the moment, present yeah.
2: now, yeah, yeah, and like I think it's the same for like people, other music listeners that don't listen to like pop music, but like listen to Little Dragon, where it's like, you can tell. I think I think these types of listeners, maybe the people that listen to Little Dragon, a little bit more. We want authenticity. We like honesty. We don't like. That's why we don't listen to pop music because that's all commercial and contrived and right. You know, the thing they're saying was written by like thirty different people. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly, <laughs> yeah, literally, you know, yeah, exactly. Whereas like Little Dragon, like it's 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 written by her or like with input from the other guys in the band, kind of thing, and it's personal and it's intimate and
1: right. It tells a story and um, with, with no intention besides telling their story. Exactly, yeah. No, yeah, no yeah. agenda. Yeah, yeah. To like win a Grammy or this exactly. Or that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like.
2: I think we said this, but you know, there's many different ways in music to make a career and to approach it, right? Um, yes. You know, and I I think it's, we. I think we need it all in this world. We can't just have one of I think it's fine that we have pop stars mm-hmm. and vacuous music because because then it sort of gives you something to compare like to other types of music, you know, I don't know. Like, no, sure. Um, find your place and-
1: It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum, yeah. It's, it's yeah. all good. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to be a pop star, be a pop star,
2: right? But I think where we fall on Roots to Grooves is more into like
1: genuine artists that have something to say, right? Like, we we yeah. fall into people yeah. who are trying to tell a story and trying to figure out who they are yeah. and who their place, what their place is in the world. Yeah, you know, people who are creatively exploring. Yeah, we we I think we tend to go towards people who are on an adventure, right? And and don't know what they're going to find, but they're they're trying to find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. I think I'm learning
2: more about, like, on this... I think this is a pivotal episode for me, even though we haven't talked much about <laughs> the <Little Dragon. laughs> I, <feel, laughs> I feel like we haven't talked much. But they've inspired... Uh, like, I think... Yeah, like...
1: Um, however it happens, they're inspiring. And that's huge. That's poignant. But yeah, like, just
2: thinking about what you just said about, yeah, people that are on a journey that have something to say. Like, that's... Like... As a musician trying to do music, like I'm, like I'm not a lyric, I'm not a singer, and I'm, I don't write lyrics. But I'm trying to think about how I could apply that feeling in my in my instrument. Right. Like, how can I contribute in that way to make this happen? And I feel like with Little Dragon, it's kind of that way. Like, I've, like I think they've sort of considered things like about doing backup singing, uh, like the other guys kind of thing about how uh-huh. they can like contribute in different ways to the music sort of thing but but very much in their own way through the production and like you know they're they're expressing themselves through their instruments which is really interesting yeah Yeah. 100 percent. yeah
1: and that that it's harder to quantify yeah you know but but these people making beats and when you vibe with a beat yeah that came from someone's heart yeah exactly yeah you know so Yeah, yeah Very cool. Let's let's move it on. Let's keep yeah. the narrative going. We yeah. got next album up that they releases Ritual Union, mm-hmm. and this was really a true international commercial success. Mm. Um, it came out July 2011. It peaked at number 47 on the Swedish national chart. It was number 22 on the UK chart, mm. and it was 78 in the US chart. Yeah. I think Billboard does that mean? Billboard 100. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't follow that too closely, Me but, either, yeah. <laughs> um, but it did, I don't know if this is, I think this is the U S it hit number four on the dance electronic chart. Okay. So yeah. big stuff, Yeah, you know, just higher accolades. Right. Um, so they continue their trajectory upwards basically. Yeah. And I think it's just more good stuff. Yeah. More integrated, like synthy pop yeah, R and B type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very good. Yeah. Like I said before, I'll say it till the day I die, but their whole discography is it's nonstop high value stuff. Yeah. Um and then so next album is if we're cool to move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's roll through no, Nabuma. Nabooma. No, yeah. Nabooma no, no, rubber band. Nabuma rubber band, yeah.
2: Is an album. Twenty fourteen. Uh different label this time. They signed to Because Music, French
1: record label. Uh, it was nam- nominated for a Grammy. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for the category of Best Dance Electronic Album. Okay. So yeah. they're really hitting the dance electronic vibe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, da- it was uh, Robin Hannibal and Dave from De La Soul. Hmm. Were, they were on multiple tracks, I guess. Oh, on the album. I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. And the Gothenburg Symphony Orchestra Ooh. was also on there. Damn. So, I mean, just they're really stepping collabing and yeah, yeah stepping it up yeah um i th- I think I just have some notes. they drew inspiration from Prince Janet Jackson, mm. so some big poppy yeah. influence yeah. as we've said, um and then also some dark, cold winter environment vibes from Sweden, mm. okay. and they were influenced by that a little bit as well, yeah um the one other note I have. Yeah, it was the first LP from Loma Vista, which is a label in the US, I believe. Mm, Okay. And also another label called Because Music. Right. Yeah. So it was like a double release. I don't know if it was It was probably like a distribution and publishing. They were doing different things.
2: Yeah, I guess kind of weird and murky with that stuff, especially in different countries. Like you have different record labels putting out different things.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah. exactly. So I don't know the specifics about that, but just for some notes, if. If you want to look up more stuff, um, you got somewhere to start, yeah. and so I mean, I, again, again, another good band or another good album, yeah. another good release. that was 2014 over the next couple of years, Little dragon um, they headlined with Odessa, mm-hmm. who's also from Seattle, I think I think so, yeah yeah, I believe. I yeah, think yeah. they're more like worldwide now. they've made it out of Seattle, yeah, the, you know what I mean, but I think they came from here, I think so yeah. Yep. Just, we'll do an episode on them one day. Yep. Now they live in an ivory tower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Outside of Seattle, <laughs> so, <yeah>. uh, <laughs>
2: the,
1: the tallest building in the land. <laughs> yeah, that, um, they did. A, they, they did something with Mac Miller, a yeah. track called "The Festival." Mm. Uh, a track called "Bullets." Mm. Flume, a uh, track called "Take a Chance." Okay, so look this stuff up. It's great. yeah. yeah. I didn't look up every single thing they did, but. It's it's all good. Do we know what level of collaboration like?
2: Is it all the guys, or is it just uh, Yuki providing vocals? I
1: don't know. Yeah, yeah.
2: and I wish I did. Yeah, but the thing is uh, uh, that I've seen about them is, and it ties into how they've stayed together for so long, is that they split everything equally between each other in Mm -hmm. Little Dragon. I don't know whether that extends to like royalties on a feature on like a Flume track or whatever kind of thing, but. Uh, Definitely like the way they were speaking about it was like on tour, you know, because they're all giving up the equal amount of time sacrificed from their life to go on tour kind of thing that the proceeds and any profits they get from that, they split equally between each other. And they also said if that didn't happen, if it wasn't split equally, then
1: they would have had members walk by now I know? think that's very um, fair because yeah, yeah. I did have that question and yeah. I didn't want to bring up stuff that I didn't know right but like yeah. when we go back to 2007 era yeah with Gorillas, yeah, I, yeah. I just I have a feeling that the the beat makers in Little Dragon the other three guys mm-hmm. didn't have a part in that track I'm yeah. totally just guessing yeah but yeah. I think that was just a Yuki feature on vocals right yeah, but yeah. she's representing the band obviously yeah yeah and then when you t- look at Lo- Little Dragon Mm-hmm. She can't do what she's doing without the band. Right? They're they're an integral part. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. And they're they're she's really not like the main person in this band. You know, she's like mm-hmm. the singer, and sometimes that that comes across as like the front man, mm-hmm. leader type. We we use words like this. Well, she also but says stuff like she's not. Um
2: like you know because I think she was asked about the whole social media generation and stuff like that and and what you know all that entails and I think she's not she's someone that's not interested in the celebrity of it like she likes to be in the studio writing recording music and performing Mm -hmm. live like doing interviews or like she said she's like she's seen other artists that like oh they have youtube channels and they have all the social media presence and she thinks that's great, but she said that's just not in her personality to do that. Like, right. Like herself, that type of thing. Even she she does interviews, but even like being on camera and doing interviews, like some days is easier than others. Like some days she's just like, oh, like, you know, like Again. all of us, like I remember the energy for this, like, you know, especially if you're on tour, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Got all these press people coming up, you're not going to have that energy every day to be like, you know, but I, I think that's just not the stuff that's important to her, it seems, either. It's like, it's, it really is about the music and the performing, mm-hmm. not so much the you know, the rest of it that you.
1: No, well, and did, I think that yeah. extends, to, extends to the rest of the band yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is really cool. Exactly. Which makes them a really powerful yeah. unit, yeah. which is why they've been making music for 25 years now. Yeah, yeah. Successfully. Yeah. And like, I'm, I just found out about them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Amazing.
2: The other thing they talk about a lot is growth as well, uh, personally as well, mm-hmm. like, and it's something I've seen them talk about in really early interviews as well, not just even recently. So it's, it's crazy. It's like it's kind of like they had their head screwed on early on. It's like they knew yeah. they needed to like have that notion in their head before, because they even said like when you start a band, you don't know what's coming at you. Like they literally said you don't know what's coming at you. Yeah, right. because it's kind of like that. If you have any type of success, you don't know
1: you can't tell There's what's no going to come
2: your way. And how do you, how do you keep your sanity through that? How do you keep uh, yourself in check so you can be doing the music? Because at the end of the day, like it's not uh, like, we're not like living in the freaking 1960s, 70s now where you can become mm-hmm. a super rock star, create, a, have a cocaine habit and <laughs> just be yeah. like this egotistical, like motherfucking asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. you can't do that and anymore. It. Like it doesn't work that way. <laughs> You have to like, because if you did get that way, people was gonna. People hopefully would just cancel you now. Right? Maybe,
1: like maybe. I mean, back in the age, day, the, right? there uh, wasn't the yeah. the peripheral constant video when you're not on stage. They just right. they just see the cool rock star on stage. Okay, yeah, they just see the stage. Like, persona, look how dope uh, that guy is. Yeah, yeah. But now we see the behind the scenes exactly, on TikTok yeah. right after the show, or is you exactly being it? mean to the fan at the coffee shop uh, the next exactly. day. Right? Yeah, Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. But also, that's like.
2: That's like a, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe that's stereotypical, right, type of thing. But that did happen. That, that sure. did exist. <laughs> it did. But, like, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, like, now it seems like you can't really do that in music, I think, to have any type of success to be um, that sort of, like, I don't know, or maybe you can. I don't know Justin Bieber's a bit crazy, so who knows? It's but. <laughs> it's it's every
1: story's so individual, yeah, yeah. And I hope that's what we're kind of getting across by doing these episodes uh, on individual artists and bands. Mm-hmm. No story is exactly alike. They're all different, yeah. It's yeah. it's amazing, and we've yeah. we've not hit a hundred episodes, but yeah. there's constant new things yeah. happening every day. The similarities
2: between artists, but there's and similar concepts and mm-hmm. themes. I think some of the things i've been noticing more often like or more recently yeah with like uh little dragon seems to like they don't say this but they through their interviews it seems like they really value mental health like Mm -hmm. of themselves individually and as a group Mm -hmm. and every interview i've seen going all the way back to like you know 2005 or whatever they've been saying the same thing which is completely really interesting to me like um they seemed way ahead of the game yeah it's like they kind of knew how to keep it together you know yeah. and not fly off and lose their center or whatever like you know what makes them make music that core quorum mm-hmm. idea i think they're very in tune to how they can create good music mm-hmm. like it's that childhood sense of play and experimentation was sound they talk about a lot as well like uh embracing imperfections as well they said i think one of the guys said something about like a lot of times the best thing you'll do like this week or maybe this year will come from a, a happy accident or a mistake yeah right? and and that's something they try to do as well as like and i think like not he, they also said about how they don't try and they like the imperfections where you don't go so far that you like polish the sound. They like it where it's like a little bit like unfinished mm. as, as if you didn't really have the time to finish it kind of thing. Like, But they, they're still it's interesting because I heard it in that, I think that track, Constant Surprises, I think that was the track where I said the bass and the drums seemed like they were doing two different things. Yeah, right. Like that is kind of like an imperfection, but it's like used on purpose kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could have been something that came from accident like we talked about saba doing his vocals over zoom right and, and it was like a delay exactly and, and it was like that but that's what made the track kind of thing like it could be that way when you're like you just move something in your computer software and it's out of whack and then you press play, players like, oh actually that's really fucking that cool, cool. Was i'm that? gonna keep that yeah <laughs> and then there you go so it's about going with the flow getting out of your head tuning into intu- intuition and embracing mistakes is what I have heard from Little Dragon. like Yes. Yeah. And that's like, if we can just all remember those concepts and try and tune in with that shit, like, you know. <laughs> this
1: is Rooster Groove. Thanks, everybody. We're going home. That was that's it. it. Yeah, that was, uh, We're at one it. hour 10, so we might as well end it there. Sorry. No, no that was, yeah. exactly. Couldn't have said yeah. it better myself. I have nothing more to add to what you said. Okay. Bye. See ya.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no. I, I love it, though. We could eat outro spiel, spiel. (laughs) Do we have anything else? No, I mean, that was like the main
2: thing I wanted to... No, 100%. That I just got from them. And then their music is fantastic. They have a lot of good stuff out there. They got those great collaborations. But also Mm -hmm. just that mindset of how they create the music and how they're trying to keep their head screwed on. Yeah. Like the career side of it. Those are the big takeaways I got from Little Dragon. 100%. Yeah.
1: I think as far as... um, work that they released i think they released another album called season high in 2017. i think they released a track with raphael sadiq called peace of mind Mm -hmm. Um, and then i think they released some other singles i think they worked with bad bad not good oh really yeah i think they did a track or so with with that group yeah um and then yeah i think they did more stuff with little sims flying lotus Mm -hmm. um they've just been busy through this this odd pandemic past couple of years. And so they've still been coming out with stuff and I don't think they are really showing any signs of stopping. But this does bring us up to our current time 2022 um, as far as we've told the story. Uh, I have nothing more on Little Dragon.
2: Uh, I had one interesting thing. I don't know if this is an episode thing or an off-air thing. Oh, (laughs) tell it to
1: me now. Okay, yeah. We'll cut it out if we have
2: to. Uh, No, it's just about how they play live. Um, because you know when they put all these tracks together they have a lot of different layers and lots of different things going on mm-hmm. but when they play live they they structure it all so they don't have any backing tracks but they're, but they're like pretty much almost replicating the recordings so they're basically like taking all these samples and like granular uh, kind of deconstructing them so they mm-hmm. can trigger each of the sounds like on drum pads or keyboards and stuff like that and they said the reason for this is like, is because they want to keep the live show organic. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to use a click track, because mm-hmm. they want to be able to decide on stage the tempo. Like, a yeah, track. I did think yeah. that was interesting. I remember them saying that. And I guess it's like, because they feed off of that energy of the audience, uh, you know, and what's happening in that moment in time, kind of thing. And if they if they had this thing all queued up with like backing tracks, it's going to be rigid and. And all that, but they keep it all like so flexible that they can kind of jam with the song mm-hmm. and also change its tempo right, which I don't know you know for musicians that are out there like if you listen to their a lot of their tracks there's a lot of layers, a lot of samples that's like a whole art in itself to sort of like figure out how to do all that stuff live right like, through triggering those samples with uh keyboards and and drum pads, so there's no you're not l- locked to like like a loop that's in my e- bpm or whatever kind of thing. Yeah, so just, that's a whole I would like love to meet them and see how they put this live show together just to like learn like yeah. how to do that type of thing. Like Let me see uh, that. Show uh, yeah, me. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the only other thing that I saw that I wanted to talk, tell you about or talk to you about, but Yeah. No, I thought that was yeah.
1: interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't have any thoughts other than it's interesting. And I know some artists do use click tracks. I know some don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, do whatever you want. Do what's yeah. best for you and what feels most true to you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And yeah. be the best you can be. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't want to say what's right or wrong as far as using a click track. No, it's all up to whoever. I think, that, yeah,
2: maybe the thing I get from that is just like the importance of the audience sort of interaction yeah. you know because a lot of times we think about playing a show is just playing in front of someone right it's actually should be a two-way sort of thing you know? right it's like you know here it's kind of like a conversation here's what i have to say like what do you have to say you know yeah and it's it's like, less of a conversation
1: yeah. if if i just come to you and i'm just like hey i have things to say to you exactly yeah. blah 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 blah, <laughs> yeah. blah blah and if you're doing a show like that yeah. it's going to come across like that a little bit even right. subconsciously yeah yeah so you want to try to be engaging yeah. as a conversation if you're performing for people. And it's more um, esoteric again because it's like, it's
2: about the vibe of the room, right? You know, because if you go and play your first two tracks, test the waters, and then everyone's just like standing still, like, it's like, well, okay, guys, let's step it up. Come on, yeah, let's, let's, let's make let's these people it. move. Let's, like, let's yeah, Let's get yeah. the tempo
1: up on this one a little bit. Let's yeah,
2: go. exactly. Or if they're already like, you know, they're like, going crazy it's like maybe we shouldn't play that acoustic song next maybe we should (laughs) yeah exactly do do that (laughs) rave edm song right now exactly totally but i mean it's another layer of things to and and yuki said about that as like it's another feeling on stage where you have those sort of uh uh, intense moments mm-hmm. with the audience kind of thing it like brings a new life to the songs as well and stuff like that it's like like yeah. Little Dragon said like
1: yeah. Yuki said I think it comes back it comes back like full circle about being in the moment mm-hmm. not you can't just plan to do a show like this or that yeah like vibe with what's happening right now right based on who's there and what room you're in and how it sounds and feels yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and pivot and change and adapt to yeah. the current moment yeah for sure be present yeah yeah, yeah. And on that, that's Little Dragon, I think. Yeah, I think so. We got a cool track to play out with, one you picked, right on. Yeah, should be good. Um, this was a really fun episode. I think we learned a lot. I think it was valuable. If you guys have any tips for us, or you want to show us some love, show us some hate, got any cool stories about Little Dragon, hit us up. Jay has got the email. Roots to Grooves at SignalRadio.com.
2: That's S-I-G-N-L Radio.com. <laughs>
0: Dread the day they disappear It might be me, but don't be scared Out to the sky, should be still here Slow dancing with what's real sincere I walk now to the harbour in the pitch dark Heart open, Lord, the people... Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio for more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.